That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania alongside, well, it's not JC. JC's off doing JC things. I think he uh, is on vacation, but I found a very suitable opponent, uh, I guess, in this week. A uh, My nemesis on the Jobberknocker, I guess, in this way. Mr. NXT, a man that helps out immensely on Jobberknocker.com, TJ of the JK. TJ, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you, and it is nice to see you doing the intro to the show and not JC. It just sounds so much better that way. Thank you. I think people think I have a better broadcast voice. Considering that JC went for broadcasting, I think he's upset with that, but that's okay. Yeah, (laughs) He's a very, very good broadcaster, though. Anyway, let's get into the minutiae of this week. We had Extreme Rules, and I'm assuming you and I are not going to appreciate everything, but I assume there are things that we did like. Um, Do you want to start at the top and just work our way down? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the On the pre-show, it was Kevin Owens and Buddy Murphy, which was exactly what you would expect. It was a banger of a match. Didn't belong on the pre-show, but I thought it was a great match overall. Yeah, look, when you put those two together, they're definitely going to have a good match, and KO is a big, big name, and I feel like you said, you said it right there. KO needs to be everywhere I need to be. Like, I, I want KO everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter if he's in the curtain jerker or if he's in the main event. I just want that man on my television. So, and, and honestly, Buddy's a decent dude, too. I mean, so I, I would prefer something better for both of these guys. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, was that the only thing on the pre-show? I can't remember. Yeah, that was the only pre-show match. And then we get to the head scratcher, or I think somebody in our thread said this was a, kind of a head scratcher. Nakamura and Cesaro win the tag championships. Which to me, I think it was it was you that said it was a head scratcher. By the way, yeah, so exactly, job. exactly. No, you're you're right, you're right, you're right. But no, look, I um, I thought it was gonna be Nakamura the whole time. Like I was expecting more of a fluke win, like when Sheamus like kind of dropped Cena in there. Um, I was very surprised when they just flat out powerbomb Kofi in there. But I was happy with it overall. I mean, it changes up a little bit. It kind of gets us talking about the tag team division again because it was very stale. I think we all agreed with that. So you actually are in favor of Nakamura and Cesaro winning these things. Because we, we, we go back and forth in the thread talking about how the hodgepodge tag teams instead of real tag teams getting more opportunities than real tag teams sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes it's a good thing when those do that. I mean, if you look back at Cesaro and uh, Sheamus, I mean, they were hodgepodge at the time, but they turned out, I mean, very quietly became one of the best tag teams of this of the 2010s. So, I mean, who knows? Like, it could it's just a spotlight for two guys that deserve a spotlight, really. So. Yeah. We'll see where they go and see where they go creatively with it, but I'm okay with it. I'm just, I just don't care about those tag titles. Like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge com- uh, uh, contributor or component, whatever you say, to getting a, one set of tag belts, I think, on both shows would be fantastic. Just having them go back and forth would be so much easier. I think it works well with Sasha and Bailey. Like, I love, I love that aspect of it. And I think the tag team division split into two shows is just so bizarre. Like, it just, I don't know. I just think it's an it's it's not their strong suit. It hasn't been for years, years. No. The new day is the only thing that in the last ten years I think has been very, very good. 
yeah, when they had it unified in the first place, like 10, 11 years ago, like it was a very good thing. And I think that they probably should just do it again. Um, maybe bring it, you know, they can separate it again in five years if they need to. But I think it was better when it was unified. So I'm with you on that. Okay. All right. So we move on to, uh, you know, if you, if you don't know TJ very well, he is a Bailey Homer. Bailey versus Nikki Cross in a, I'm going to let you, I'm just going to lay out and let you take this because you love Bailey more than anybody else. So go ahead. I do love Bailey. Um, but I was, you know, on the pod last week, you kind of, you kind of shit on Nikki Cross a little bit and said, you know, she's going a little crazy. She's back to that crazy thing. Um, Nikki Cross showed us exactly what she can do in the ring and why WWE brought her in for the women's division. Um, I haven't seen Nikki Cross look this good since her last man standing ma- her last woman standing match with Oscar and NXT. Um, she definitely showed that she deserved to be in that in that realm. Um, and then you know, once again, Bailey just shows us why she's the best champion, probably the best thing in WWE right now. Oh my god! <sighs> you can't disagree with it. Like no, she's no, on no, no, every no. single show. I hear you. I hear you in the background, just gushing over her, and I'm just like, oh my god, get over it. But it's fine because you're going to talk about it more in the program. It's fine. So, here, oh, so how do you feel about the finish? Because to me, I thought the finish was at least creative enough because I thought it was a decent match. It's nothing that I thought was special. Like, I'll forget about it because I felt like Nikki versus Bailey happens all the time. But I thought the brass next part was like, okay, like they use something that she's been, you know, wearing forever and finally calling attention to it. Yeah, they just kind of, that's something that hadn't been done. Like, I can't remember it at all. Like, even in NXT when she was ratchet, like we never saw Sasha use those. So, I mean, you know, having Bailey do that in like the heel form, it worked. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure Ray Ray loved it, but the awesome camera work, picking up the uh, the brass nuts as they're walking away with a cool camera shot. You know, that was always fun, too. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, Ray Ray's always going to love everything. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that man hates anything in his life. He's a ray of sunshine. He's a Except little AEW. Too... That's true. He hates <laughs> AEW. I should make him, I should, I should have him come on the show just for AEW stuff, just to see what he would do. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no. No, I think that would be terrible. Uh, so, look, uh, we move on to, this is the part that I thought, like, I wasn't going to love. But Bray Wyatt very quickly as Dracula calling attention to the shitty karaoke thing had me in oh stitches. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, my wife was watching him and she looked up. She's like, what is this? And I, t- I had to tell her about the awful karaoke segment, which, you know, went back to old WWE women. And it's, it's bad stuff. But Look, I, you and JC are the uh, the keepers of the Knocker Awards uh, nominee. So I know that that karaoke is going to be up there on worst segment of the year. So... I look forward to seeing what may beat it in a possible uh, uh, Golden Knocker category. I, I don't think anything will. Like, they have to really, really try. I don't know. There's some. There's been some shitty things this year. Like, there's been some crap. But, yeah. you know, it, it's not blamed on the people. It's blamed on not having fans, I assume. Next, something that was uh, something that I thought I was going to enjoy and definitely did not was MVP just winning by forfeiture. It wasn't really even a match. I think you said as the predictions, you didn't even count it. Nope, didn't count it. It was garbage. Um, and it... It was funny in the pre-show because he was, you know, parading himself around as the U.S. champion, which I was confused by. And then once they did it, it made sense. But it was stupid. It was just I mean, MVP's old. I'm. I don't want to say get him off my TV because I think he's a good manager, but he needs to get out of the ring, get out of his spandex, get out of his Power Rangers suit. <laughs> you know what? I will. I will lend you my get him off my TV if you change it to get out of my spandex. <laughs> Oh, this stupid Power Rangers suit that he had in 2006. He's rocking it again, but he's like fatter and out and more out of shape than he was in 2006, 2007. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, he he does he does have a good mouthpiece uh, to him, but it's just the rest of it is just awful. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more on Raw about how it, this whole thing is forming very quickly. Um, then we move on to an eye for an eye, which I think is going to be a huge topic for you and I. I you know, 
it was a match that we were all pretty much, at least for me, I was tuning in because you had to see the finish, right? You had to know what the hell they were going to do. They, either way, they got my attention and they got my curiosity. Uh, you know, insert the Leo DiCaprio meme. But I'm curious your thoughts on this entire thing. Because for me, I have my own judgment on it, but I, I'm curious if I'm the only one or if I'm part of the, you know, the masses. So, I mean, I... As you know, I went on a pretty bad nestle rant on Twitter because I was getting kind of pissed off because I don't understand like people get so mad. You know, they want wrestling, they want something new, they want something exciting. Like WWE gave it to them. There was an eye for an eye match. Like someone had to lose their eye, um, and they had a great match too. Like I think uh, it was probably one of the better matches I've seen Rey Mysterio have in a while. Um, Seth Rollins is just outstanding. He's a great guy, and I really thought it was a great match. The ending was a little anticlimactic because you know I was kind of hoping to see an eyeball. Um, which, you know, we had to see through, like, a super zoom, but um, it was a little anticlimactic, but I think people gave it a lot worse than it really was. Like, it was a fun match. It was cool in the end. Like, you can't pull someone's eye out, like, if you don't beat them up. So they had to have a wrestling match before. So Brian Alvarez can go fuck himself. Ooh. Um, I, for, I, 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 forgot, I, I forgot how much you and, and, and I think it's Ray have a, such a, an, an affinity for uh, that man. I don't know how that man hasn't blocked me on Twitter yet. Like, I'm not that mean. I don't bully the man, but I can't stand his takes. Like, he's just, his picture is grimy, and he's just as grimy as his picture. Like, he has nothing nice to say. And, I mean, he was sitting there, like, complaining that they were wrestling before. Like, again, like, the match wasn't going to be two guys with a knife trying to jab their eyes out. Like, they're going to wrestle first. Well, look, I will say this much. I did not think I was going to enjoy the eye for the eye match. However, I enjoyed most of it. I felt like it was gritty. I thought that it really, they went after the eye. Like they were doing eye pokes. They were doing like, they were trying to find ways for it to work for everybody. Like they were, they were trying to make it something. And then when I, I'm, I'm, you know, I wasn't watching it live. So I was trying to stay off Twitter until, you know, I got the whole pay-per-view done. Then, cause that kind of, I think that kind of weighs in my opinion. Sometimes if I stare into Twitter, I'm like, am I falling in with everybody else? So I, I waited. And then I went to the, you know, the end with the, the, um, the fake eye spot and everybody's bitching and moaning about how there's no blood. And so for me, I just was like, and I had a good conversation with my buddy, uh, you know, Todd, Derek Simonetti. We, we were, he's a huge Vader fan and he was showing me the clip. I don't know if you've ever seen this in Japan where Vader gets his eye popped out. Yep. Yeah. It's gross. So he played it for me the other day and we were talking about it. He goes, see no blood. I don't know. He's like, and that was a real eye popping out. Like, he popped his eye back into the socket and he kept wrestling. So for people saying that there's no blood and this is stupid and fake, like Fader basically did have no blood. So I, that to me is, I can't believe I'm defending Seth Rollins. And I think Danny uh, from across the pond is going to be like, yes, JC's not here. So Nestlemania gets to defend. But uh, seriously, I thought in terms of the matchup, I thought it was good. And for people saying like, oh, they shouldn't have had a wrestling match. My process of that is just, you watch, it's the stupidest argument in the world because I, mean, I don't know how you feel about Marvel movies, but I mean, you sit there and you're like, they're going to do the flips. They're going to do the fucking, you know, hoop de doops and they're flying around doing whatever when they have to beat Thor. Or not Thor, uh, Thanos or whatever. Thanos. Yeah, thank you. And so you do that bullshit. You guys sitting there loving that for three hours, but for 20 minutes you can't let, you know, Rey Mysterio do some booyaka. I mean, it just, it, it's odd to me. And then Seth puking was a nice touch, but it was just kind of odd. What I would have. What I would have liked, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Maybe you think it's just because I'm an, I'm an idiot and weird, but you know, like what I would have loved to see was like you show a split second of the eye and then you throw up like a like a censored image or you throw up an X across the screen or something like that. Like to give it a gruesome feeling of like, holy shit, this is like 
this is fucked up. And then maybe you just, you know, you cut away from the puking. Like, you just make it seem like it's more censored than it needed to be. But I think adding something like that would have helped. Or do you think this is just kind of is what it is? Well, it's funny you say that because I said that to uh, my boy Aaron that, you know, back in the you know early 90s when Macho Man got bit by the snake, I just remember vividly the big red X over the screen. Like, you can still see what's going on. It was a big red X that was telling you, like, don't watch this. And it could have used something like that or, like, a quick cutout or, like, the cameraman, like, quickly seeing the eye and, like, being told to cut away from it real quick. Like, yeah. um, even, like, there was a spot, too, where Rey Mysterio was jamming a broken kendo stick in his eye. And, like, that was, it was a little hard to watch. Like, that was, you know, it was kind of, like, old ECW. Mm-hmm. And I, even then the cameraman cut away quick. Like, you know, that was a lot of violence. I think he was kind of getting yelled at for showing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that that, that whole match, they did the best they could with what they had, right? So, I mean, I don't think yeah. that people should really bitch about it as much as they possibly could. Speaking of something that we're probably going to bitch about, at least I will, because uh, I'm me and you love the people you love. Sasha Banks takes on Asuka in uh, which, you know, for the most part was a good match, I thought. And then uh, at the end, got a little sloppy with that backflip off the top rope and then she slips on the rope. But she played it off well. Sasha did a good job playing it off. But, you know, it comes down to the ending, which I saw you tweet about, and I'm very interested because I have a difference of opinion on this one, where Sasha wins technically because, I say not technically, Sasha won by, you know, some chicanery, uh, because the green mist hit the ref, Bailey steals the shirt, and counts to three. It was kind of weird. It was a what-the-fuck kind of thing. And I thought that it was not necessarily that great, and I'm curious why you love it so much, besides the fact that it was Bailey. I mean, it was Bailey, you know, and normally I wouldn't, you know, normally I wouldn't cheer for Bailey putting on a shirt, but I mean, in this case, like, it was something completely, like, once it happened, like, you saw Bailey in the ring, and she looked around, I, like, I said too loud, probably woke up my kids, like, oh my god, she's gonna put the ref shirt on, and, like, once she started doing it, I was, like, I just thought it was such a fun moment, like, it was something completely different, it was pure heel, like, every, it pissed everyone off completely, because everyone's, like, you can't do that. That's illegal. She's not a real ref. Well, yeah, no shit. She's not a real ref. But guess what? She did it and she rang it. And now, you know, Sasha's running around with a belt that's not hers, but they think it's hers. And it just was something completely that we haven't seen. And I thought that that was something, you know, it put those two over the top. Like they're on another planet right now. See, I have a hard time with it because it's just so, it, it just bothered me because it was like, let Asuka win or let Bail- let uh, Sasha or, or Asuka win. Like, just let them do it. You know, don't don't give me the will they, won't they, oh, we have to... Like, I know we're not, you know, doing definitive things here, but I feel like it would have been awesome to have both of them win those championships because I would be shocked in next week if Sasha actually wins. Like, it just seems like it's unnecessary. Like, I know that we're going towards Bailey sasha at some point down the line, but I think it would have added something to it. Yeah, I think they keep teasing things and, like, everyone is expecting it and every time that there's a chance that it looks like it they pull something else like you know bailey's in there holding the title belt and i think some people are like oh my god she's gonna hit sasha it's all gonna end right here no she didn't she hit oscar and put on the fucking ref shirt and then tapped it out like they're the mean girls in high school like they are what the iconics could have been but they're just like they're rocking it right now and they're owning wwe there's nothing nothing can stop those two right now they're all the way up anyway let's move on they're going to be the main event at SummerSlam. Like, let's if if they really? have like, their match, think that? If, if they have their match at SummerSlam, like mark it, write it down right now. Um, they're going to be the main event. You are high. You are high. Out of your fucking mind. No, out of your not mind. At all. You it's are a homer. Happening. You, dude, you are a homer. Homer. <laughs> what is going to be the main event? Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. The end. Nope. Nope. Absolutely. 
We'll see. Randy Orton is on fire right now. Randy when Orton. Josh, is... When Josh comes back, I'm gonna make him make a bet that you're gonna have to wear a Mandy Rose shirt. Like this I, is gonna happen. You do realize that I've been threatened with that Mandy Rose shirt like six times, and I've won every single time. I'll I'm like Goldberg Johnny, with these things. I'm gonna send you a Johnny Gargano shirt, and as soon as they announce it. Good. I'm, I'm out of toilet paper. <laughs> I would love to wipe my ass with some Johnny Gargano. How about that? Huh? We were nice oh, for. Oh, oh look, we were nice for oh, 15 minutes. There it is. It worked. It worked. Uh, so and let's move on to something that I actually didn't think was going to be great, and it was Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler, where Dolph Ziggler had the uh, stipulation and waited to the very last second, and it was he could have extreme rules, but everything that he uh, could do, Mac could not do. I thought the psychology of this match was really, really fun. I thought it was different, and it just it kept showing off how good McIntyre was, and it proved that you can, no matter how big McIntyre is, you can still put him at a disadvantage, and it still worked within the framework of the match. It was very true. He was still very, very much a babyface. Dolph Ziggler showed off all the shit that he could do and be very, you know, Dolph Ziggler-ish back in the day, doing all the awesome moves, the selling. So I just, I was pleasantly surprised. Somebody thought very hard about the finish. They, I mean, I love the kip up into the Claymore. I mean, literally... I think this was, in my opinion, with the exception of Drew McIntyre winning at WrestleMania, this was a standout match for Drew McIntyre for his WWE title reign. Yeah, and what what uh, you know made the whole kip up into Claymore even better was that he got before that a super kick, a famouser, and a zigzag, and then he just kips up and like he was about to get another super kick, he kips up Claymore, like unreal right there. Like that's, but then again, like in that match, like as great as it was, like. I was kind of glad that there aren't fans in a way because I feel like the fans would be turning on him at some point, like because he's got that like Superman aspect to him. Like I wouldn't turn on him, but like I could see like a Reigns moment where people start turning on him because he starts kicking out of everything. So, you know, look, I mean, that's an interesting conversational point because I don't know if I feel like Drew McIntyre is my guy, but I don't know if I've ever really cared about anybody on, across the top being the WWE champion being my guy. You know what I mean? Like, very rarely have the people that have been my, you know, Nestle people have been world champion, I think, at this point. And so, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't, maybe I wouldn't turn on Drew McIntyre, but I don't know if I'm necessarily excited by Drew McIntyre most of the time. Like, I think he's more authentic than he's ever been, but I still feel like there's a certain uh, cheese mobilo uh, aspect to him where he's just like, wink, wink, huh? I'm doing my thing. Aren't you guys loving it at home? You know, and so... I think I can see yeah. people turning on that. If he did it in front of a live crowd, they'd eat him alive. But I think that he'd be much of a professional to see that and figure out a way to interact with the fans to get him back. But I don't know. I, it's I, feel, like, I feel like McIntyre could be one of those champions too, though, that could, in the middle of his reign, like turn heel, like almost like CM Punk did. Or CM Punk was a baby face for the first half and then turned heel for the second half. And I think Drew McIntyre would be one that could actually pull that off and do a great job with it. Because I think like, as a super villain, like he was on, I mean, he was right there and like almost a champion. So like, he's a good baby face, but I feel like he could be a better heel down the road. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're not short of uh, you know any baby faces right now. So I mean, if they have baby faces, great. They they I feel like they have like less heels than normal lately that are decent, like main event heels, in my opinion. Because yeah. no offense to Dolph Ziggler, but I mean, every time we see Dolph Ziggler sniffing the main event, we go, all right, well. That's a foregone conclusion, you know, so it sucks because like, you know, Kofi Kingston was such a breath of fresh air. And so it's just it's you kind of want new people in there circling in and instead of it just every five people rotating, you know, it's like rotating sideways instead of rotating vertically. Like it would be nice to see people climb up the rankings instead of here's the five guys that we keep slipping the belt to. So it's just hard. I think right, uh, you go to the swamp. Yes, I am excited to talk about this. I took copious oh. amounts of notes right here. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know if I should go through it or you want to you want to talk about it. I will do whatever you would like, however you want to um, handle it. Hey, this one might catch me a little off guard, so why don't you go ahead and do your portion first? Okay, so basically, I was on this program, I think, three weeks ago saying, this has to end a certain way. And they ended it exactly the way that I wanted it. So for me, I thought this was a super A-plus effort. Necessarily not the best cinematic WWE universe uh, you know, thing they've done, but it was a horror movie-esque kind of thing. And I, I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's the worst. I think it's somewhere in the meaty middle. And I just, but there are portions of this that I was just like, this is great. Like a lot of people may or may not notice this stuff, but like after they had the whole beginning of the swamp where the rocking chair started and stopped, and then they abandoned all ye hope from the, you know, the Dante's Inferno thing looking, and then he ruined the, the sign. They cut to all these animals and there's a boar, there's a rabbit and a buzzard. And I was like, all the fucking puppets. That was such a cool little trinket transition, and I love that. I don't necessarily understand the whole, you know, like him beating up these random people in the middle, like Braun just meeting up, you know, there's a mask guy, I'm going to put this guy through a fucking thing and, like, beat this guy up. And then, of course, it cuts to Bray doing the cheerleader gimmick, and then, like, there are certain aspects I was just like, okay, like, lighting a guy on fire, who gives a shit? But, like... I know that they're trying to portray this entire thing saying like, you need to be this monster that you need to be, but in order to be this monster, I need to break you down and build you back up, which is a very Vince McMahon thing to say, because <laughs> we yeah. always say on this program that's that, you know, like having Braun get hit by a, you know, a shovel that was by older Braun. I thought that was cool. Having Braun chained was a little too gimmicky for me where I was just like, I love the old entrance and like the firefly lights. And like, I was, I was marking out for that. I was like, okay, this is cool. But then, like, seeing him chained, I was just like, I, I, on what fucking planet do you think Braun Strowman will actually be chained to a fucking chair? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they get into this long diatribe, which, again, I'm I'm more about, you know, having some action in some of these things. But having this long soliloquy that Bray has talking about how he's already dead, he's from a different world, but he's, he's watching through his own eyes, which is kind of cool because it throws back to, like... I think they said, you know, that the Firefly Flun House that uh blah 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 is uh that uh <laughs> that he he's basically like suppressed inside the body of Brave. So I understand that and that's cool. But it's just like, you know, having Braun bit by the serpent, we were joking about the Macho Man thing, is immediately where I went to a, when it was like, Okay, now now we're getting this weird bullshit kind of stuff where Braun's you know, randomly free, like is it a fever dream? Are they like are they in like the hot the hot swamps of Florida or you Louisiana? Like where are we? Lighting a guy on fire, then randomly out of nowhere, which again was nice, and people are fucking dead wrong. Bliss is not Sister Abigail. She's she's not. She's just not. She's a lady that is, you know, a figment of Braun's imagination because he got bit by the snake, most likely, or whatever. You know, like and it's just like oh, we can be together, Braun, come home, come home, you know, like throwing up this weird, you know, horror movie aspect of it, which was great. But then, like, just the oddball, like, the ending where, where it was just, like, the boat getting choke slammed, and then, like, he goes away, but another boat comes back, and it's just... They tried very hard on this, but I, I thought this was well done at the very, very end, where they had the, you know, the copyright, and they had him go through the, you know, like, oh, it's done, and then he pulls him back up with a mandible claw and, you know, goes back down. They show the fiend because I think that was the most important thing they took away from this. Because if you look back to last week's SmackDown in a promo with, with Braun, he said, all I have to make sure is that the fiend doesn't show up. Because the fiend shows up, I'm in trouble. So they ended up weaving those things in together, which makes me feel good. Because now, do we have a universal champion? Is the universal championship hold up? You know, like, what are we doing? There's, you know, there's all sorts of things that could be happening. And I'm going to tell you in my hope what I have to think about it, but 
I am curious now that I've laid out that I actually enjoyed it. I say, I say grade point wise, I would give this a B plus. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I'm a big horror movie fan, so like I enjoyed a lot of those aspects. Um, as soon as I saw the the puppet animals, like Sally, the first thing that came to my mind was Monty Python. And I thought, <laughs> I was like, but like, I mean, we all know I'm not a Braun Strowman fan, but I did, I thought it didn't do anything for him. Like you said, to chain him to a chair, like he's supposed to be a big monster. Like he flips over a fucking ambulances like every other month, like and he's gonna be chained to a chair. Like that was a little off for me. Um, and I. I really enjoyed this Bray Wyatt, so it was a little treat for me at the end. Um, and I really like the um, the throwback to Friday the 13th where he comes out of the water, throws a mandible claw, and just kind of throws him into the water, and we don't see Braun Strowman. So it'll be interesting. And, you know, Braun Strowman's probably still floating through the swamp over there. Um, so, you know, I, we might not see him for a couple of weeks. But Yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't want to give away everything I feel, but I, 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 am, I, am, I am ecstatic because I thought that this was going to be such a, a train wreck. I really did. And then because they kept showing throughout Extreme Rules. So I was like, well, they must think it's good because one, they wouldn't put it on last if they didn't think it was good. And two, like it's not for the championship. So like they had an out to not put it on last, but they did anyway. So I was like, okay, they must be pretty fucking confident about this. And I, again, it's it's not the graveyard. It's not the Firefly with uh, Cena, it, but it's it's somewhere in the higher up middle, I think. And it's it's okay, but it's, a, it's an applaudable effort. But I think that there could have been a lot of different things but again, having having I think having the old school Bray as much as we like that, I think it almost handcuffed a lot of different things. But I know they had you had to call call to it because he's you know the monster among men and he was made this way by Bray Wyatt, you know the original. And I don't know, like I'm more excited about the future of like Bray Wyatt versus not going backwards. I I I don't like that gimmick as much as the Firefly Funhouse. So see, I like the flexibility of it. Like- I think one of my favorite wrestling moments all all time, and you're gonna probably kill me for this, but don't say when, it. Uh, don't say uh, it. When when uh, this mankind said he couldn't take on Triple H, and he whips off his shirt, and he's got the Cactus Jack on. Yeah. Um, it was probably one of my favorite moments. So I mean, this is kind of a throwback to that in a way. But, okay, yeah. you you went you went better than I thought because I <laughs> thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go to the Royal Rumble where you know Jr. says Mrs. Foley's babies boys throw it a triple header like that. No, dri- that no. drove me fucking insane as a kid. Like he had three opportunities and he blundered all three, which is one of the many reasons why Mick Foley is an idiot in my opinion. But that's fine. Let's move on. So that's basically yeah. extreme rules. A grade point average for me would be mm, a solid maybe. B minus, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Yeah, I said solid B. I think there was a lot of great things in there. Um, there was a few low points that kicked it down, but overall, I mean, if it's stuff that we're talking about, whether it be negative or not, like I think it made it a great show. So, yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's a, that's an excellent point. So, look, we're gonna get into the regular part of the show. So let's get always in the shine. I don't, I, I can't switch everything out. So I can't do the Mandy Rose, uh, you know, thing that, uh, you know, that Josh loves so much. Who the fuck is Josh? So do we have anything on SmackDown that we want to talk about that's in shine? Because I feel like SmackDown is almost an afterthought after the fact. Yeah, I mean, SmackDown's in the past. The only things that I had was the beginning of SmackDown, where it was like a throwback to the Royal Rumble like from the 90s, where it was just all the people who were going to be featured in the show talking about what they were going to do. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and then I also had uh, Bailey was yelling at the cameraman in the like, mid-promo because he was standing in her way. I thought that was funny. <laughs> other than that and, it doesn't really matter yeah i mean aj aj and uh the what did they call him oh the barefoot bodacious bro um Ugh. it was a good match <laughs> but i rolled my eyes when they called him that but it was a good match i mean i enjoyed it it was fun i just don't was, understand maybe you can set some light on this and maybe because you're a wwe guy like too i mean obviously 
people always have these names, but I feel like they go out of their way to find the most annoying fucking nicknames. Like they just, they get the, like, I didn't even know they called them the boat. I must've watched it on mute. Cause I can't deal with fucking commentary sometimes. But if you're telling me they call them the bodacious bro or whatever, that just makes me feel like he's some, he just, you just like, we're not in the nineties. We're like, everybody needs to have a fucking nickname. Like, let's just have the, let, their name is their name. Let's move on. And, 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 you know, treat them like human beings instead of this, fucking copyright bullshit they have to fucking do i just I, yeah it was it was michael cole being michael cole and i guarantee Corey graves just like side eye glared at him and was like what the fuck are you talking about but probably it was, wasn't even his call to be honest no it was bad but those are the only things that i had that were really shine worthy from smackdown yeah i mean honestly besides the fact that jomo got killed in three minutes by Braun, and uh you know lacy kills you know naomi which started apparently uh you know a um a twitter uh handle that was just give naomi a chance which uh led to you know our boy leo rush and uh, finn balor getting into it on twitter which i don't know if you saw that that was kind of fucked up but that was yes. it's a little weird so then like we you know i'm excited next week apparently is going to be uh the bar fight which we'll talk about i'm sure in the finish so that's the thing uh yeah and riddle the th- the thing about me is like i was kind of hoping corbin was going to cost riddle but to have riddle lose to aj like kind of cleanish i guess is the best way to say it just kind of put me like at a weird, like we're we're hot shotting this guy, but we're putting him in the fucking freezer as quickly as possible. So I don't know, I get if it's just residual from what may be coming down right now on him, or if it's just like, yeah, maybe he's not as great as we thought he was. I think it was a little. I think it was kind of like making AJ look better in a way because I mean AJ popped up and gave went to do the handshake and everything. So I mean, usually when it's something like that, like I don't think it buries anyone by any means. I mean. How many times did Jeff Hardy and Triple H shake hands in 2009 before Jeff Hardy actually won the championship? Like, and that, I thought that was kind of lame at the time, but now, like, that's what I used to throw back to that, you know, it doesn't bury them by any means. It's just kind of like keeps them up at the top and still keeps them alive. So, yeah, I look, I'm not a big fan of Triple H or Jeff Hardy, so it doesn't really matter either <laughs> way. I don't care for either of them. Personally, I'm a Shawn Michaels and a uh, Matt Hardy guy, so. The other guys are better. That's what I have to say about that. Just saying. Anyway, so let's get into the, the rest of, I guess, Raw is probably the only thing we can do here on the on the shine. Is, is there something particular that you truly, truly loved? Um, so always in my shine is Bailey and Sasha Banks with their promo that I waited all night for to hear what was going to happen with that Raw championship. Um, I thought it was great. I think that, like I said, I talked about it earlier, but those two are just like money right now. And I think that they're only going to be on the top. I truly, truly... And not fucking with you when I say they're going to be the main event at SummerSlam. Um, but they just, like, you know, completely buried what they've had in the past and what made them faces and kind of kept going with it. And I think that you know, they're just, they, I can't say much more about them. Like, they're great. Yeah, look, I mean, we knew that the match was going to be good, but the promo was better, I thought. And here's the, here's the, the, the what I thought was great, when people were like, oh, Kyrie Sane is not, re, you know, resigned at the WWE, she's on her way out. And then she fucking beats Bailey. Like, to me, like, yeah. I don't know if you saw the promo backstage with, with Kyrie, but she was, like, super emotional about winning and beating Bailey, yeah. like, how big of a moment that was for her. So it's just funny how, yeah. like, the dirt sheets will always say shit like, oh, she's leaving, she's leaving. Maybe she is. But for her to leave and to beat, like, pretty much right now the pinnacle of the women's division... They don't just do that to anybody. So I was, I was, I was, I popped out of my chair. I was like, whoa. Like, there, obviously, there she's was a the, lot of chicanery. She's the pinnacle of the company right now. Oh, Nestle, Jesus Christ. Um, but what bothered me, though, was that Asuka and Sasha were both ringside, and Asuka did not go for that Raw championship once. She just let Sasha walk around and parade both those championships the entire time. Like, I feel like if it was my championship, I would just be chasing her around or, like, going after it. And 
they wouldn't have been at ringside. And I truly thought that's how they were going to write out Sasha from cheating in there. So let me ask you this much, because I think it's interesting to, to you just brought up a really good point. So here's the thing. If it's really Sasha's belt, why didn't she have the plates on the sides? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like go the whole way, go the whole fucking way. Have, have a, have a championship, you know, thing in the middle of the ring where they take out the side plates, you know, like I feel on like, television. Uh, I feel like they, uh, they need a WWE officials to actually do that. And, uh, there is not going to be anyone that we're going to give them tools to do it. You're going to tell usually... me that those, that those wrestlers don't carry around their side plates on their own. Come on. Come on. No. No, they're in the they're in the little toolbox in the back. Have you not watched any of those YouTube videos? No, they, just, they have like one of those. They have like a craftsman drawer that they carry around, and they open the drawer and they pull them out. And Meh. They had to they had to pry off Adam Cole's the other day because it was on so hard. Like oh, they Jesus. literally needed uh, pliers to pull it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. You watch YouTube, man. Come on. I don't watch a lot of things. I don't have time. I don't have time to do much <laughs> of anything. I barely can do this podcast. Barely, <laughs> just fucking barely. Uh, look. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, I also, um, the top of my list was Seth Rollins' promo at the start of the show. So, I don't know how you felt about that, but I thought that that was an A-plus promo. It was a longer promo. I did appreciate the fact that he said, do I regret it? And he's like, and then he's just like, let me ask a question with a question. And I went, oh, Jesus. But he, but he, but he brought me back with the, do you regret what you guys did to me? You made me do this. And I was like, okay. But the part of it would have been, it was a decent promo. The problem with that is, is by accusing people, like, like the fans, it would be far more effective, in my opinion, to have fans around him when he did that. Because having the NXT guys with masks, that's fine. But they're, they're, they might as well be a studio audience. When the applause sign goes up, they do what they're supposed to. They're all just literal trained monkeys just being like, yes, I would like a spot someday in WWE. So I'm going to do what they tell me to do. Uh, but, you know, having an actual fan interaction with like a giant crowd of like 10,000 people would have been great in this promo where you've been like, I blame you for Rey Mysterio's eye. I blame you for this. You made me the Monday Night Messiah. Like that stuff, that 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 to me would have rang a lot more true. So again, I don't have anything necessarily wrong with it. I thought it was a great, you know, it was it was an, it was the next step he needed to take into what he was doing. But again, we're in this COVID era with the plexiglass and no fans really. I just, I'm just not a huge fan of the... Like, I, I don't know, like, know your audience is basically the best way I would say. I, I I just think that this could have been suited better later when we have fans. Yeah, and I think, I you know, he did a good job talking to the camera. Like, he was staring at the camera, so he's talking to all of us at home. Um, but, I mean, like, the fans turned on him and made him into this, and I thought that was a good throwback to, like, five, you know, six, seven months ago when the fans turned on him and, you know, basically gave up on him as a babyface and made him this great heel that he is right now. Yeah, that's true. Listen, sometimes people are just better heels, and he has that laugh. I wish I could hit the button. But, I, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I imagine Becky hates that laugh. I just, in my own brain, think I'm, like, omitting. I'm sure they're in love, but that's just one of those things. I'm sure they're just like, I could I could do without the laugh. I could do without he the does, laugh. He does it in bed all the time, let's be real. <laughs> just, just, just before conception, it was, <laughs> How much do you want to bet they were really just like, oh, shit, when they found out? No, I'm sure they're excited. But it was just funny when it's just like like his his furry hair the night that they like told like in my head I was just like I just got a whole glimpse of Seth Rollins in my brain that I have never ever wanted in my life. I loved like when he came out all because it was like right after WrestleMania and he had lost and he was already buried and he looked completely disheveled like he looked like a dad that literally like did not want this and just found this out and he's like <sighs> crap my life is over. Yep. <laughs> Oh man! So so here's the other stuff that I thought was pretty decent. Uh, 
again, this is going to perk my interest because I'm sure people are going to go down this road anyway. It's an interesting top, you know, topic for us to talk about. Lashley and MVP are talking to Ron Simmons, and Ron Simmons is also talking to the Viking Raiders. He's just randomly there. They made it seem like it was a big deal with the Lashley and MVP portion, and then they downplayed it when, he, when you know, Ron Simmons is there talking to, you know, the, the Viking Raiders, and then, like, Byron's just like, eh, it's good to see him, blah, blah, blah. Like, the way that they've cut to that, I was just like, all right, well, they either did it correctly because now I'm questioning everything, or... He's just, he's just, a, he's a putz. Like, he's just, he's an idiot. But, you know. I literally saw it. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing there? Like, they didn't do anything with him. Like, I saw people on Twitter that, like, Ron Simmons is going to get punted tonight. He didn't even get punted. Like, he just was there talking. Well, I, that's interesting because I my head immediately went to the Nation of Domination thing. Like he's, Yeah, and I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, right? and I think that, that, like, that's a red herring. Like, I really don't like, like, here's, here's something else that was going to be my hope. But since I have the other thing, I'm going to just lay out on this one. I honestly think it's going to be Lashley, MVP, Shelton. It is going to be the Viking Raiders. And I think for a sixth member or fifth member, I can't do math well, uh, I think Shayna Baszler is going to be that person because she made a comment about being underutilized and not giving a shit anymore and, you know, being in catering. So she hit a lot of those, like, buzzwords that MVP uses a lot. So when I when she was backstage watching that, I was like, okay. Like, this was a nothing match, in my opinion, like, in the background going on with the whole, like, you know, Peyton Royce and, and, and Ruby doing their thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But having Shayna in that thing, I was just like, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens because if MVP just has a video game style, like, storyline where he just has these, like, random people combined for something, it's interesting. But I don't know if they're going to, like, based on the climate of, like, the world right now, I think in, like, an all black stable may not be the best thing going right now like having underutilized talent overall might be better but i don't know like i'm curious what you think about the whole nation of domination thing yeah i think apollo cruz said it on uh twitter on an interview or something that if they did a new nation of domination it would have to be baby faces so i mean i kind of agree with that in a way um but i just just see it with this new group, like it just reminded me of that awful group that MVP had in uh, Impact, where he was like the beatdown clan. It was just like it ended up being nothing. So I'm just kind of hoping that this doesn't end up being nothing because there's a lot of promise to it. No, look, I mean, like WWE usually takes shitty ideas and makes them better. Like they're not great all the time of making like creative decisions and like doing brand new things, but they can find something that was like a B plus effort and making it an A plus. So I mean. Maybe they find a way with this to, you know, like enhance the beatdown clan into being the hurt business, which again, and business is booming. Like I, I like all these little like nuances that, that MVP does. I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop with it. Stop, stop with these stupid, like, I know I'm supposed to hate a heel, but it's like X-Pac heat. It's just like, I just, I literally want to mute this. I want to fast forward it. And it's just, you know, like. The having Selton Benjamin win, which was great, having like having that look looks nice, but even having the three of them together just looks like three individuals decided to like go out for lunch together, but they're not necessarily a team. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like three guys instead of a cohesive unit. Yeah, no, I definitely I agree with that. Okay. So we'll move on from something else. Um Randy Orton killed the big show. Ding dong, the big show is dead. Thank God. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, I'm curious if you were excited or if there was anything that uh, you thought could have been better about it. No, there's nothing new on that. It is what it is. I think we all knew he was going to get punted at the end. Um, Big Show, like, he was huffing and puffing. Like, I kind of want him to be done with this. Like, as sad as it is, like, I think he needs to be done. Like, he barely could get back in the ring. Like, he looked like he was in pain. Like, 
maybe he's sick. Who knows? Like maybe he's just like they. I don't know if you saw the whole thing about Ric Flair, but uh, you know, like <laughs> Ric Flair showing up to work, but his wife has COVID. Like, well, what the? I fuck? laughed at because during Big Show's promo, like he even said like Randy Orton's going with Ric Flair at ringside, and Ric Flair was not at ringside, so yeah, that's which is good. Well, I was yeah. I was happy with that because I heard that he his wife had it. I'm like, please don't let him in the arena. Like, don't let him in the performance center. So I was glad that he wasn't at ringside, but. So instead of me blaming the Street Profits, I should have been basically yelling at Ric Flair to stay off my television for his own health yep. and everybody else's well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking, I don't know how you guys live down there in Florida. I mean, I would be sh- shit fucking nuts right now. I'd be... The, the COVID capital of the world right now. Jesus. Jesus. Not, not proud of it. No, I know, but it's like... <laughs> horrifying like think about all the people that go to florida they're like i'm gonna go retire to florida they finally get down there and it's like oh here's here's something that could possibly kill you jesus christ everybody be safe especially in florida good god good god anyway Uh, how do you feel about the six-man tag i think you're just goading me do you have anything else that's positive because i feel (laughs) like you're goading me and i don't appreciate it um so my last notes for uh for shine i had um uh, Ruby Riot finally getting a singles win because you know she needed that, and I thought it was really good. Um, and then I had Montez Ford doing his spinning frog splash. Um, so not the match good. itself, just the frog splash. I mean, the match itself was good. Um, I don't know how I feel about this tag team with uh, uh what's his name, the Lethal Lothario and Andrade. Like I like both of them individually, but I'm just not feeling them as a tag team. Um, the Street Profits are—they're just on another planet. I think that they're a great tag team. I, I'm glad to see them showcase. I'm glad that you were wrong and that they did not have COVID and that's why they were out. <laughs> um, they were, they were out for other reasons. So, yes, you know, that's yes. a good thing. Yes. Um, but I I think that they're a great tag team. I think, you know, as much as you've cursed Montez Ford, um, I think he is going to be a, a great single star down the road. Um, and I think Dawkins, as much as the Joe Stopper shits on him, is also <laughs> He is a great, you know, he's great in the ring. He's great as a tag team. Will he be a big single star? Probably not. But the two of them together are money right now, and I'm enjoying having them with the tag titles. So we'll see. They just need to defend them and get some stuff going on. So maybe they'll unify them. Maybe they'll go and face Cesaro and Nakamura and make us all happy. I doubt it. Doubt it. Doubt it. But I'm curious. Are you now like a Dawkins homer? Um, I mean, I am definitely a Street Profits fan for life after talking to them. Like, it was pretty cool. Uh, ran into Dawkins at the hospital when uh, both of our children are being born, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a humble brag right there. But uh, yeah, you know. it is, you know, you got it. Yeah. Listen, Ray 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 goes to fucking Saudi Arabia. Well, don't even fucking talk about it with me. He he refuses to talk about it because he wants to keep getting paid. <laughs> that's asshole. nice. That's yeah, nice when he's that. finally done, we're gonna have to sit down and be like, all right, tell me all the terrible things that the WWE does. But never mind. Let's move on. Ugh. He'll never say it. <laughs> He'll never say it. He likes he likes his paycheck. I know. He's a he's a well, professional. He's a professional. Until AEW hires him for something. <laughs> Imagine if, what 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 a hypocrite he would be if he took an AEW check. I would never let Ray Ray live that down if he was a cameraman for AEW. Holy shit! I want this to happen I would, now. Yeah, you know, let's hope they they do freelance work so they could pick him if they do an event in Boston after all this is over. You know, he could be up there. We'll be watching Dynamite and see Ray Ray in the front row wearing a <laughs> AEW shirt. Oh, I cannot wait for this. This is so fucking great. I this is that's my hope. Fuck it is my hope. No. Uh so there's not very much more that I think is like super exciting. Um no. but I mean I guess we get into the heat, right? Like get them off my television, yeah. get off my television. This is the part that pissed me off. Yeah, exactly. This is the part that pissed me off. I was super excited to see Black versus Rollins 
but it was, it was a great match. I just wanted it to be at a pay-per-view. Like, having it throw away on Raw made me so angry to make me feel like, okay, you clearly do not value uh, Aleister Black at all. He is a throwaway piece of toilet paper to you guys. And I know that I'm probably over-exaggerating, but as a fan, as somebody that I won't say that I enjoy, but I mean, as somebody that I, you know, when he comes on my television, he perks my interest, uh, you know, it, it's odd to me that they treat him that way. Honestly, like, he got he got thrown into this Mysterio, you know, whatever this eye for the eye and, like, defending his honor with Shimmy Shimmy and just doing all these things that were just kind of like, he's a foreground, well, he should be a foreground guy. He's a background guy. And it's ridiculous because his entrance is amazing. His look is amazing. And he could be somebody against Rollins that I would actually believe in in a program, but it's just, they just threw it away. Threw it away. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with a match like that on being on TV. Like, it's not like, I, I'm not one to be like, oh, you're throwing away a match. Like, a match is a match. If we're watching it, it's going to be great. I mean, I have matches for my match of the year that were on SmackDown listed on my things. So, I mean, it's, it's, if it's a great match, it's a great match. Um, I have, my problem with that match was, uh, Alistair Black was like on his hands and knees for a minute before Seth Rollins actually laid down a curb stomp and then he bounced on the ropes. Like, come on now. Like, you're going to tell me that you couldn't get up and give him a black mask before that? They've, they've had some really shoddy editing lately. Like, I don't even know if you talked. Uh, this is the heat, so it's fine. So I don't know if you saw this, but Bailey said the same thing twice in her promo last night. Like, they yep, had it from a different that. angle. And I was just like, huh? Like, it just seems so bizarre. Like, it's there either. Wasn't- in the tag team in the Street Profits match, there was some like quick cut like horror action movie like edits yeah. that like were disgusting. Yeah, it's just like it just seems like they're they're very picky and choosy of other things that I was just like, ugh, like what the fuck is this? So, you know, having having that matchup again is great, but I always get bummed out because I just feel like having things on Raw, I would prefer forty jobber matches, and I know people are gonna blow you know boom me out of the fucking building with that. <laughs> But I would rather have, like, think about the way that Ross started. It was, like, almost all jobber matches with some great promos and stuff like that. And just having, like, random wrestling, you know, just that, that, that's fine for me. But having these, like, amazing, like, potential matches and just blow, like, I think they faced before, but they faced at a pay per view, right? So, yeah. I mean, like, that's fine. Like, let's do that. But it's just stuff like that, just, it bothers me to no fucking end. See, I'm okay with it as long as you sneak them in every now and then. Like, if they did, like, a week after week after week of great matches like that, I'd probably, like, question it, too. But, I, like, I'm with you. Like, even in, like, the early 2000s, like, late 90s Raws, like, it would be jobber match, jobber match, and then they would give us, like, Jericho Benoit or something like that that you'd just be, like, stand up and clap and be like, this is a great match. Like, thank you, Raw. Like, thank you for giving me this. But To no avail. Now we're stuck with, you know, bullshit everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, Speaking of late 90s, um, we're going to go to the early 90s. Um, On SmackDown, Braun Strowman cut this odd, god-awful Sid Justice-like promo that, like, I was cringing watching. Like, he was standing on the stage, like, yelling, whining, like, and all I could think of was Sid Justice in, like, Hulk Hogan years, like, turning red as he's screaming into the microphone. Like, it's like, nope. Like, get him off my TV. (laughs) when When you say Sid Justice, it makes me go... It makes me think immediately to that. Uh, if you're half the man that I am, <laughs> just like, oh goodness gracious, goodness. Like he gracious. was like he literally was standing on the stage yelling into the mic. Like even my wife looked at us like, what is he yelling about? Like he's not. I'm like, I don't know. You know what I think it ended up happening is they filmed all that shit probably relatively close to the same amount of time. 
So what his promo was was after they had filmed all that shit. So he's probably already like pissed off and like probably been through a fucking <laughs> swamp. And he's just probably like, I got to regurgitate this bullshit. So I'm just going to start, Rah! you know, like yelling oh. that that when because when I was watching it, I was like, his hair is different. So they must have filmed something like they must have done it. And so that was my thought process, because just having him talk for that long before he, you know, ate John Morrison for three minutes was just like, all right, enough, enough, enough. Because it wasn't even like the like. Braun Strowman roar that like JC tells me to love and to you know get over myself for like Ooh. he was just yelling and um, I, I couldn't do it it's not it was not for me do you and JC agree on everything but John uh, John uh, Braun Strowman I feel like it there's a few other things that we disagreed with but being with him on the show is more like a peace and harmony moment like we could have had Ray Ray and like held hands and sang Kumbaya together that's not good that's not good content that's not good content I mean that that's like if I had to if I had to sit there and watch a Johnny Gargano match with you I'd, I think that'd be good content but having you know having oh. me and has any I don't even know if anybody else in the Jabberknocker is as as bad as me when it comes to shit no. I really don't no. I think it's no, all we, of you actually, against me JC and I went up against uh, for Seth Rollins one time. Like we went off because I, I I like Seth Rollins. He does not. So he doesn't like a lot of things too. Like he he's sneaky though. That's the thing. He's he JC is a very good arguer. So you think he's being negative, sprinkles in some positive, and you're like, what did he just do? You know, like so he's 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 got a finesse game. Don't don't underestimate the man. He's a very very good arguer. Very good. He's arguer. like he's like me too, and he could just like pick an argument just for the hell of it, just uh, to piss someone off. Oh, so. he's great. He 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 tells me all the time. He's like, I'm just doing it to scratch a niche and to you know get the claws going and sharpen them a little bit. And I'm like, you son of a fucking bitch. He knows. <laughs> he's like my brother. He knows the exact buttons to push me sometimes, and I'm an idiot. So I'm just like you know a massive idiot when I'm just like, fell for it. Or whatever. Uh, it is whatever. Uh, what do you think of uh, the Big Show's promo? On so that Raw. thing fucking put me to sleep, right? I, it, you want to talk about the Lord of the Rings? Like this was the Lord of the Rings promo for me, where it's just like I've I don't. And this is the part where people are going to be bullshit at me too. I hate the fucking Lord of the Rings. I think the Lord of the Rings was just like a three fucking hour movie that was just basically jerking off and everybody walking in one fucking direction for a ring and then returning it and going back in the other direction. And I, as a kid, fucking hate. Seriously, this is I. I literally had a field trip in high school where my TV group. Like we all went like my TV teacher was like, get permission slips. We'll go to the movies. We'll we'll make a day of it. We go and everybody's laughing at me legitimately in the theater. This is I'm not exaggerating for comedic effect. I got up three or four different times because it faded to black. And I was like, I have to sit back down and watch the shit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and this is this was the equivalent of that. Like Big Show kept talking and I was like, oh, he's done. No, he's not. And he's a tiger. He's a tiger and a tiger <laughs> when he's when he's at the end of his rope is going to defend himself and, and be his. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Did someone look up the definition of tiger? Did they look up no. what happens at the end of a tiger's life? Like no. what type of I fucking promo? Com- I was completely shitting on that promo, and then I went on Twitter, and people were like, "That's the best promo of Big Show's career." So then I had to rewind it and watch it again. Like maybe I, you know, maybe I was being negative. Maybe no, like, nope, no, no, it was not. Nope, <laughs> nope. I don't care what anybody fucking says. They, these people, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they, these are all WWE employees with burner accounts. They're all fucking wrong. All wrong. No, nope. no, because the same people were the people that were shitting on like the eye for an eye match, and he's like, "This is the best promo." No, it's not the best promo. This was garbage. Like, it made me almost not even want to watch the match, but I knew he was going to get punted, so I was okay with it. Yeah, but you could have watched it on YouTube and saved yourself the current, you know, the time. It would have yeah. been great. Yeah, I guess so. I just thought it was putting me to sleep. Another thing that I'm not necessarily excited about is that Drew McIntyre gets another, I mean, uh, Dolph Diggler gets another shot, apparently, after Drew saying no, and then, of course, it was just like, ah, oh, you changed my mind after throwing a little hissy fit. So it was just like, 
there's no cohesiveness. It was just like, you know what? I'll give you a shot because I feel bad for you. But it's just like, he's not going to retire. Is it going to be the exact same stipulation? Just reverse where Drew can basically beat up on Dolph Ziggler for 45 minutes? I don't know. I don't you don't care. think Ziggler's going to retire? You think what? Why? You think he's going to retire? I mean, that, that kind of goes into my hope a little bit, but you know, I, we can read Whatever. I mean, you can, I don't want to <laughs> blow up your hope, but I mean, Jesus, it, I, I, honestly, I, here's the thing. Dolph Ziggler is an amazing talent. There's no doubt about it. But for me, there's something just, I just don't care. Like, I just don't care. He's just not my guy. And he's not, even if he's not somebody I can still appreciate, I just, he's done the same thing for so long. Like, there's no evolving him. There's just nothing. Nothing. The the only thing yeah. that he's ever evolved is that when he did that thing on SmackDown where he was wearing, like, the T-shirts and the hats and the sunglasses for, like, <laughs> like a quick minute, and JC was loving it every second. But other than that, like, I, he, you can't sit here and tell me that Dolph Ziggler has changed. You just you can't, and you can't convince me of it. Yeah, he's kind of he's a little more whiny on this run, which is kind of why I thought, like, it might be a retirement match. I really don't want it to be a hair match because I just think that's stupid, and I'm not a hair match fan, but... Look, if you're going to do, here's my thought with, with the hair versus hair match, at least have someone that has better hair than you, because I think Drew McIntyre kind of looks like an oil slick. Like it just, it's not something that I'm like, oh, his, why would he put his, his, his hair in danger? And you know what I mean? So, and, and if you, uh, hair versus mask would be way better, but I don't think that is even like if Seth Rollins versus, you know, Mary Mysterio was hair versus mask, then I'm excited about that bullshit. But other than yeah. that, eh, whatever, whatever. I don't know if we have anything else that we've missed so far. Oh, uh, here, very quickly, Christian on Via Satellite. We want to talk about a snooze fest. We want to talk about somebody that was just landed on too thick for the greatest moment of ever. Holy <laughs> goddamn. That guy, I love Christian. I do. I, I am a huge Christian homer. I don't like Edge. I love Christian. Like, that is my guy. But when I was watching this, I went, woof. Buzz your girlfriend, woof. That's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah, it was a little rough. Some of those, like, Via Satellite ones are a little tough, though. Like, you know, like, the quality is not there. WWE is trying really hard to get it going, but it's not the same as when they plant a camera over there like they used to, like using Zoom or Skype or whatever they use now. It's just not. It's not working right now. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of things not working. We've, we're we're already dead in the heat, but you know, it's just Christian should have done something different or just not have him. Like to me, it didn't add anything. Like it just, I'm all about adding something. Like don't take away from something. Don't keep it status quo. Just add to it. That's all you have to do, in my opinion. And I know that I know we joke about it all the time, but like I don't have a high bar, in my opinion, of what I've watched wrestling since I was three. So clearly, I've I've subjected myself to bullshit for over the years. So you don't have to do very much, but they still don't reach the bar, in my opinion. They really don't. Yeah, and I think that they're just trying to keep legs on this by keeping Christian on there. Like Christian's not going to wrestle. Like as much as we all want him, you know, Josh is like. Mm jumping for joy that Christian was at one more match. Christian's not going to have another match. Like, it was just a little tease to get him punted. Like, he's just trying to stretch this out so that Edge can come back and do it. Yeah, I don't even care if Edge comes back at this point. Ugh. Yeah, your, your take on Edge, like, I I was taken aback by it. I was like, wow. Here's, here's, here's the TV Guide version, folks. Greatest entrance song of all time. Super ingenuity in the ring. And probably one of the smartest human beings in the ring. But this this whole new... You know, stop bitching about my match length bullshit. You know, he's in my opinion, he's he's had stinker after stinker and he's came back. So that's just me. That's just me. No, he so he is one of those people that retired on top and I was you know, I was happy for him and I thought you like where he left was, you know, probably one of the best in the business where he was. But coming back is just a detriment to him right now. And I really his moment at the Royal Rumble was amazing, but after that it's kinda of been meh. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, he he's just here's the part that sucks more than anything, in my opinion. It is age, a part of part of Leah, but here's the other thing too: is just he's just not as athletic. Like his body frame, his movement is never going to be as athletic as to what the the, the business is nine years ago. Like he's yep. what he is now was you know not good enough, and even nine years ago he was just barely getting by at the very very end by still being that talented. You know what I mean? So now he's he's just not as good. So I, I don't know. I didn't want to even bring up Edge because I fucking hate dealing with his bullshit. But it's just like you, you know what? You should have stayed home because now you're fucking hurt. And now we have to wait for another nine months before you come back and have a shitty match again, and then you bitch about it on Twitter because everybody's giving you shit. Well, you know what? That's what Twitter's for. People are gonna bitch about stuff. That's it. Get over it. Get over it. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Sorry. Okay. End of You're rant. Fine. End of rant. All right. Let's get hopeful. All right. Would you like to start? Because I kind of, I kind of poo pooed your hope. So you want to start? Yeah. You know. So they were talking about the, you know, that uh, they get to pick the stipulation. So McIntyre's kind of like ho humming it and ho humming it. And I don't want to see Ziggler retire, but I think it would be a good time for him. I think he's kind of like you said. He's starting to get bland. But he's still putting together great matches, and he's kind of been like on the side and been that like Jericho guy where he comes back when he's needed and then disappears and does this little comedy thing. I would like to see him get a cool send off, like go out, like almost win it, like have like a twenty plus minute match, which I know you're gonna be like, man, twenty minutes, man. But have him <laughs> have them be the main event of Raw, give us like a great main event moment, tease us that Ziggler is gonna actually win it, but then like um, have. You know, someone come out, you know, whether it be Randy Orton, cause some sort of distraction, end his career, um, and then set up whatever we got for SummerSlam. Because I think, you know, it's not going to be Dolphin McIntyre at SummerSlam by any means. Like, this is going to be the end of it. So we need something to set that table. But having Randy Orton come out and end his career, you know, because, I mean, he's not quite a legend, but, you know, Dolph Ziggler is a legend in many eyes. So have him kind of come out and finish that would be really fun. So, you know, have the Mac finish it, win the match, and then Randy Orton come out and punt it and kind of like set his example. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, look, I mean... It's a minor hope, but it's, you know, it's something exciting. You know, we'll see Ziggler kind of disappear for a little bit. He'll come back at the Rumble and do his thing and You're right. You're absolutely right. He's a utility player. He does very well. That's not... I just... I hate the fact that, like, Dolph Ziggler in in my main events is just like, eh, like, I just... And you, you are... You made a good point, too, about you know, he does deserve a proper send off. But for, for me, I'm under the Jericho standpoint of like, if I was ever going to leave the business, I would like to leave quietly. Like I wouldn't want some fanfare. I don't want like some HBK pyro kind of looking thing or, you know, whatever. Like just to me, like I know that they, they want to make money off of people leaving. I don't necessarily think people care enough for Dolph Ziggler that if he left, it would be like, Oh my God, what a special moment. I don't, I honestly don't. So I'm curious to see what they do. I, a hair match would be, eh. I mean, I think it's going to be the reverse effect where it's just like he gets to beat up Dolph Ziggler one more time and then, you know, he celebrates, does his thing on the top rope, Randy Orton jumps in, hits an RKO, be end of it. You know, and then that's, that's what I think where we're off to the races on that. But I hope See, I'm, I'm picture, wrong. I'm picturing a, you know, Dolph Ziggler crying in the middle of the ring, the crowd sending, giving him his send off. Randy Orton, like, you know, Drew shakes his hand, kind of like walks away. Randy Orton comes out, you know, gives him a good punt and, uh, you know, on the road and, kind of stares down drew who's on the stage still kind of like coming back and now we're off the races for SummerSlam, so because they got to set it up somehow if that's what they're going to do so this is the only way i see it happening well that's not a bad thought i think that you know if you booked it i mean i would watch it it's just let's see what happens let's see if they pick yours let's see if they do it 
don't know. Anyway, right, what you got? My hope this week is because the Swamp Fight was such a, a stellar piece of cinema. Um, <laughs> it made me think. She, like, shaking my head. Right yeah, now. <laughs> I know. I know you can see it. I'm sure your eye roll is is already into Undertaker territory. But no, it's just. It, so again, it was a B plus effort. I thought it was decent. Again, I I, I usually. I, the only thing you remember in a match, a promo, anything is the end, right? Like that, that to me, that's where I hang my hat on everything. And is the finish good? Cause that's really all I care about. And the finish was great. I thought that it was wonderful. I was exactly what I would have drawn up. It was, it was wonderfully executed. They did the fake, you know, copyright, you know, they've done every time with, you know, Champa and Gargano. So I'm surprised you don't love it, but, uh, <laughs> You know, they did the copyright killer gimmick. So it's just. They did it with Kevin Owens first. Everyone keeps forgetting that. What did he do it again? It was when Sami Zayn won. When Sami Zayn won the championship. And they went out and celebrated. And then the copyright came up. And then. Because I I vividly remember my buddy shut off the TV and missed it. Because I was like, dude, you just missed KO Kill Him. He's like, wait, what? He's like, the copyright came on. I shut the TV off. I'm like, shouldn't have done it. See, that's why. Because you watch NXT. Nobody watches NXT. No. This was like 10 years ago. No, my NXT. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time because nobody watches NXT now. <laughs> nobody watches Sad, AEW. Just... So just saying, I, you know, it is what it is. I'm an, I'm an equal opportunity hater. Nobody cares about re- wrestling was for Wednesdays, we thought. And then it, it is clearly not. It is clearly not <laughs> at all. Um, but no, look, my hope is basically about the Bray Wyatt and uh, Braun Strowman thing continuing. What I would like is that maybe, just maybe, we don't hear from Bray Wyatt for a while. Maybe even do some, like, detective work. Can't hit the button. But, like, have somebody, like, go out and try to look for him. Like, have you seen Braun Strowman? And maybe there's some Strowman sightings. Maybe even make fun of the fact of, like, he kind of is Sasquatch. Like, can you see him? Have you seen an encounter of Braun Strowman? Like, just milk it a little bit longer because on SmackDown, I think it's needed because they have a lot of good wrestling. But I think having this shit would be funny or at least interesting to me in a different way. And I think it would be great. And then you kind of set it up to like Braun Strowman will return, you know, whatever. And you have him stand there, but he's still in like gross shit from the swamps. And he's sitting there and he just doesn't look right. And he's just like, he's still, you know, mowing down motherfuckers. He's just like, he's still beating up people, but there's just something not right. And then finally he has that encounter with, you know, the fiend or he has an encounter with Bray, I guess would probably be the best. And it sets up this whole thing for like, you know, SummerSlam, where it's just like, okay, we're gonna have the Fiend, we're gonna have, you know, Braun for the you know the uh, Universal Championship, excuse me. And so, do that at the end of you know SummerSlam. But here's the kicker. Here's what I would love. Not only does he look a little bit different, not only does he look a little bit swamp assy, not only does he have some random shit on him or whatever. All that shit happens. But then, as he's staring at the Fiend again, they replay everything that happens. He goes into a trance and he falls over and the fiend covers Braun, just covers him. That's it. And then all of a sudden, now the fiend has a championship and somehow, some way, there is some kind of Braun Strowman under a hypnotism kind of thing with the fiend. And I think that would be interesting going forward that you have to get through Braun Strowman. Then, then you get to the fiend, which is crazy to think that you would have the crazy ass monster who's hypnotized by the fiend, and then the fiend afterwards. So it's like a one-two punch of craziness that I would enjoy because I think the Gaga factor of Strowman is far more superior than the actual wrestling of Strowman. So basically, what you're saying is you want Braun Strowman to turn into Swamp Thing from the comics. Got it? Yes, I would love him to be a pile <laughs> of spinach. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. No. Yes. And. 
that would be cool, and I'd be okay with that. And I, I like Strowman as a sidekick, so I think that's a good hope, and I am all for that. Well, look at you trying to be positive when you're up against me. This is nice. This is nice. Uh, JC tried. usually I... shits on everything I do. Everything I do. I may replace uh, JC. This is nice. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't do that to him. I love him yeah. too much. Even though he, yeah. he gets very uncomfortable when I say nice things about him. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> You ever, you ever give JC a compliment in person? Watch what happens. If you ever do it on a Zoom call or anything, watch how uncomfortable he gets. It's really funny. It's, it, it's funny. It's great. It's wonderful. Anyway, don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I'm giving my comeback this week to Stephanie McMahon because as much as I don't love authority figures, I thought this was a nice little two-center kind of like in there kind of moment where she was like, ah, 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 Sasha. Uh, you did not win. And it was just like, okay, like they've been ru running roughshod for a while and Bailey's been saying how she can do anything she wants and all that stuff. Like it was, it, it felt like it needed somebody to intervene. So I didn't hate it. And Stephanie McMahon always does a great job, in my opinion, of always doing just the right amount of like haha -ha and just the right amount of like robotic general managership kind of shit. So it was good in my opinion. And uh, I'm always happy to see her. I think she's definitely somebody that, uh, just gives that clout that makes it feel more special when she shows up on television. So I think it just added to the Bailey Sasha thing, which I'm sure you won't hate that I said that. So she gets my comeback. Oh, that was a good one. My comeback goes to Shelton Benjamin, who won the most prestigious title on Monday Night Raw, the 24-7 championship. And it was also his first victory on Raw since 2006. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I thought that was interesting. 2006. 2006. But, so um, but yeah, mind you, uh, 2007 to 2011, he was on SmackDown only, so didn't really compete in Raw until more recently. So, so basically, so it's a little saying... bit, of a, it's a tainted record. But um, I did promise JC I would give that as a comeback and would throw in that 24/7 championship being the most prestigious title. And look at that, Sean Benjamin's got it. So prestigious, my ass. <laughs> prestigious. It just looks terrible. It's just, it's never going to get any better. And Shelton Benjamin, you know, is Shelton Benjamin. But whatever. It is what it is. You, 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 you know, have to be with your boy, JC. It's fine. It's fine. I had to. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Cool. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Fine. So, so next, next week we got Sasha and Asuka. What else have we got going on? Sasuka? Yeah, Sasuka. That's oh, what we're going to call him. Sasuka? Sasuka. Sasuka. Sounds like a fresca. Uh, no, look. The bar, the bar fight? Oh, that's what I'm excited about. I cannot wait for the bar fight. I love a good car wreck. I hope Jeff Hardy just dies a little bit inside. I want them to go back to uh, Tim White's bar. From, uh, <laughs> the one that Stone Cold's wrecked like 30 times. Like, didn't he like try to Didn't he like try to shoot himself off camera every time? Yes. Yes. That was he uncomfortable. That, it was like a uh, an internet thing where he was, you know, basically Tim White trying to kill himself. But yeah, it was very awkward. Yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. Doesn't no, happen. No. No, he's alive and well. I don't think he owns that bar anymore, so I don't think that's actually going to happen. But that would be a cool throwback. Yeah. Like okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no one would notice it. It would probably just be like me. But Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Look, I'm excited for the bar fight. I think that it's, again, they're, they're getting a little too trigger happy with this whole shit where, like, they're doing, like, all these off-site kind of things, which, again, they nobody does it better than WWE, but I would like them to space it out a little bit more. Um, but I think... You know, after seeing, I don't know if you saw that video of Jeff Hardy uh, and Sheamus uh, Nick, was in uh, Backlash, and Vince loved it. He was like, that was the greatest match I've ever seen. And all I could think about was, what kind of fucking matches does Vince McMahon like? And now we know. We, he, we loves himself some Sheamus beatdown matches. That's what he loves. So basically, my friend Ben is Vince McMahon. Like, that's, he just loves the big overgrown offers just beating up the little guy. That's basically what he loves. 
Stupid. Stupid. So, is what it is. Are you excited for the bar fight? Um, a little, I guess. I mean, I, I do enjoy Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy's a good worker, so he's usually fun to watch, and you know, I'm sure he'll be, like, swinging from a chandelier or something, and Nah, I don't know. We'll see. Lots of glass will be broken. And... On the on the flip side of that, uh, the, on the AEW, apparently the Butcher and the Blade seek payback against the Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes is going to have a new challenger for his TNA championship. TNA, excuse me, TNT. Whoops, oh. excuse me. Uh, that might as well be the same thing. Uh, but I heard your boy, uh, Mr. Woo Woo Woo, might be the one uh, that might take him up on the offer. Yeah, if he's not the one, that would be very shocked. What will be funny is if he comes down with his new internet championship, it's uh, better looking than the TNT championship. So wow, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I did see it. And personally, you want to talk about a guy that hasn't evolved ever? I mean, I'm not necessarily a big Zack Ryder fan anymore. So, eh, he can go talk about his action figures. Stay away from my wrestling rings. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Oh. Still has a better, still a better looking title than the TNT title, though. It is, but that's a nickel. That's a nickel championship. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, eh, whatever. It, and of course, we hear from John Moxley. Eh, whatever. Who cares? Actually, uh, NXT has got we got uh, Dominic Dijakovic versus uh, Karrion Cross, and it'll probably be a jobber alert. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think that's all that they've announced so far. Oh, on that. oh, maybe maybe you know about this one. William Regal will have a huge announcement. Oh. Yeah, I have no clue. You have I, no clue. You have no. You have no inner workings. I have no. No, I have no inner workings. Um, you know, I, I've lost my connections at full sail, so I got nothing. So we'll see what's going on there. Um, I feel I, like as Mr. NXT, you're doing us a disservice. I know. I'm slacking. I had a lot of wrestling to watch this week, and you know, and I got a newborn at home, so it's been a lot of work this week. I, I'm trying. I will listen. This was a far better conversation than I thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna be screaming at each other the whole time because I hate Johnny Gargano and he's a useless piece of garbage in the wrestling ring. But that's fine. Just uh, fine. He didn't. He didn't wrestle on Raw. He did not wrestle on Raw SmackDown well, so. NXT. So we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. On that note, would you like to say anything before we wrap up? No, but I got my notes ready, and I will socialize the pod if you'd like. Shut the front door. Go for I, it. I'm ready. So uh, Jabberknocker, Jabberknocker.com is where everything's at. Um, you can get the podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Facebook, Jabberknocker, Instagram, Jabberknocker, Twitter, at Jabberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy T2411, at Joe Pollock47, at The Real Deal B. Cox, at DQ of the JK. I am at TJ of the JK. Nestle, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes, listen, uh, this was far better than I thought it was going to be. So I, you will be able to come back anytime you like. Most likely, JC will ask for you first, but that's okay. It's I all right. J- JC's probably not going to invite me back anymore. He's going to look for someone who's going to battle him. So. Well, he'll probably ask for Ray Ray or Joe or, or, or Danny if Danny still watches wrestling. Who knows? But anyway, thank you for being on the program, TJ. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening to the Jobber Knocker. And we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Jobber Knockery.